0: Where do the Mariners turn after the injuries to Matt Brash and Luis Arias? We're going to talk about who could fill those spots for the Seattle Mariners and if they need to go out and add somebody. Also, we are recording this on the day that the Mariners just lost to the Kansas City Royals, changing their record to I don't care and whatever. We're going to talk a little bit about the guys from that game and who stands out. And then we'll wrap up with some notes about a few guys in spring training who are looking really, really good. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 65 of the Hit It Here podcast. Part of the Believe Network, the Brennan Brennan episode of the Hit It Here podcast. And I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? Confused. Not the guy who I thought you were going with. You know, you said beforehand that it's just whenever... You're ready to say the name. Whatever name comes out of your mouth, it was going to be kind of random. Not who I expected. I will not reveal who I thought it was going to be at this time. there's only uh, one other person that could be random, you know? Sure. (laughs) You know, we'll we'll, we'll get there. But I'm good. The game today was pretty good for a while. You know, we were kind of firing on all cylinders. And then in classic Kansas City Royals midseason form, they punched us in the mouth for an inning. And... The game was kind of back and forth after that, but for this game, say you had Matt Brash to go be a stopgap out there in the sixth inning. If it was a regular season game, you probably could have scathed by and maybe took a dub here, but it's spring training and that's not the case. And also Matt Brash is banged up news from yesterday. Divish article, the season preview left out Matt Brash and Luis Urias because there are potential injuries that are going to be holding them back. Brashes seems a little bit more severe than Luis Urias's. Regardless of either of them, don't make a bet on either of them starting the ro- like on the opening day roster for the Seattle Mariners in 2024. If they're not; it's not going to happen. But quickly, a word from Bet Online: the MLB season is approaching soon. Spring training's here. If you want to play some bets on it, you can do it with Bet Online. But until then, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. It's currently the end of February, which means one of the biggest tournaments, I think, in the United States. March Madness, the NCAA tournament, college basketball, is right around the corner. BetOnline is going to be your place to be if you would like to make any sort of betting arrangement for March Madness. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. The NBA season's coming to an end here soon. Teams are in the playoff push. Those guys, you're going to be wanting to put up numbers. You can place your bets on your favorite players for those teams. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. The game starts here. Now, I made an individual video about Brash and Luis Arias, so we haven't really heard Colton's thoughts and opinions about either of these injuries. So, Colton, the floor is yours. What's your panic level at? For Matt Brash, it's pretty high. Like, that like that whole situation is just terrible. Because we knew that he was banged up a little bit, whatever. But I wasn't too worried about it until the article came out from Divish saying that, you know, he looked at his elbow. It's possible that it could be a lengthy absence for Matt Brash. For Luis Arias, I'm not too worried. Because A, he's not as big of a piece as Matt Brash is, in my opinion. I think that his injury is also not as bad. It sounds like he's still throwing. It's just he's not throwing all the way across the diamond. He's not ready for game action. But he was in the game the other day taking at-bats. We did hear that he came into shape or came into camp a little out of shape, which is, you know, after having a, cu- a couple of rough years there, probably not what you'd like to hear. But overall, I'm not too... I'm not. For the overall health of this ball club, I'm not terribly worried because the Mariners have guys that can fill in for these roles. We have seen how good Jackson Kowar has looked so far in spring training. He could probably fill that spot of Matt Brash. And don't get me wrong. Nobody's going to fill it like Matt Brash. He's he's that good. But let's say you put Coar out there or Carlos Vargas or something like that. One of the things the Mariners have done this offseason is given themselves some sort of safety net if something like this was to happen. Now, they can overcome one, maybe two injuries like this. Let's say Santos isn't ready either. Okay, the Mariners can make do for a while, but that three-headed monster back there, the whole idea was that Brash, Santos, and Munoz were going to be lights out at the end of games. Could we say the same if it was santos Coar, munoz I don't know, but... When it comes to bullpens, the Mariners are very good at finding guys to fill in when they need to. They're really good at finding guys who have nasty stuff, so I'm not incredibly worried. Now, if we hear... I'm just going to go with worst-case scenario and assume that Matt Brash is going to need Tommy John until we hear differently, and knowing our luck, by the time this video comes out, we're going to hear differently, Uh but I'm just going to assume that Matt Brash is out for the year until something else comes out, so... Going from there, is there somebody specific that we should keep an eye on, you think, in camp right now that could take that spot? I think the obvious ones are the guys you've already said, like Kowar and Vargas have both, I think, been turning a lot of heads with personnel, just writers like Divish is like oohing and aahing at Vargas. You know, I saw I'm pretty sure Gary Hill was also like, oh, my god, like, you know, just in general, people are very excited, you know popping the champagne yeah. right already for the twenty twenty four World Series. <laughs> that Probably, sounded a lot like Gary <laughs> Hill. Yeah, you, you know, my impressions they're they're there's something else sometimes. A guy that I think I mean he's not someone that's in camp trying to like fight for a spot, but like Gabe Spire is a guy that can slide into a more leverage role. I think Taylor Sasedo is another guy that is also available to you in specific situations to alleviate some of the pressure off of Santos and Munoz should those be like your the one-two punch at the back of your pen, essentially. But we're talking about, you know, a guy now having to, I think, kind of slide into the bottom of the rotation and push everyone up or back. Baseball innings make that like the visual weird for that. You get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Ty Buttry has looked good. Dude was his velo's up like four miles per hour from the last time he was pitching with the Angels in like 2020 which is, I think, un- like that's unreal that you've been out of baseball for, like, three and a half, four years, and then your velo's is just, hey, by the way, I'm, like, throwing 96 again. It's like, oh, we originally thought you were, like, okay, like, maybe he's going to be throwing, like, 91, 92, and, like, we can, like, work on, like, his secondary stuff to kind of get him back into shape. No, like, dude's just out there pumping gas, and it's an option. And you you mentioned it, like, the Mares have created, like, a safety net, the pile of arms that they've just been – signing left and right this offseason, just picking up. yovera has been decent, I'd say. He had a little bit... He, I mean, he was in today's game, and it wasn't like a fully clean inning, like Kowars was super clean. Colin Snyder had a really clean inning. Yovera did give up two hits, but no earned runs. He did strike out a batter, so... There are arms available. It's just, you already said it, they're not going to replace Matt Brash. It is more so they're going to alleviate the like missing of map rash like they're gonna hopefully kind of just put some some flex tape on it some flex seal just slap it on there and like hopefully it stays and if not then the sink the the ship is sinking at that rate but for you are you like like kowar are you vargas or is there someone else like i mentioned like buttery like that you're kind of focusing on i mean i think Coar has the leg up right now i sure. think that just because he's looked so good and with that in mind, the Mariners probably do want to keep him stretched out just in case someone gets injured in the rotation. But if you want to have him as a long man out there in the bullpen and slide, like you said, Gabe Spire back to the back end, whatever. Like, sure. Another thing that I think makes a lot of sense is Emerson Hancock. Because he what we've heard is that he's looked really, really good in spring. Now, with that being said, again, he's another guy that they're probably going to try to keep stretched out. But if they want to slide him into that bullpen, allegedly he's throwing like 96, 97 out there, according to Cal Raleigh. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not sustainable. So maybe they want to keep him as a reliever for right now. I'm not sure. But I think that he's another guy who could make sense to go into the back end of that bullpen because maybe his stuff would play up out there. Um, We've seen people say, all right, time to sign Blake Snell and move Wu or Miller to the bullpen. Guys, give it up. (laughs) Give it it up. Give it up. It's not happening. Ryan Stanek is still out there. If... Someone wanted to sign him. Yeah. I would rather not. But like, there are options to fill this role for Matt Brash. The good, the good thing about a bullpen is they're kind of easily re- not, not again. Matt Brash is not easily replaced, but you can supplement your roster to make up for the loss of Matt Brash by filling in with guys maybe like Jackson Kowar or going out and making a trade or something like that. Luis Urias is a little bit harder to find. A you know, a third baseman. But I think the Mariners kind of have already done it, and you talked about it in your video, and we talked about it even on our last podcast. Like, Brian Anderson, has he hasn't even played for the Mariners yet. As long as he's healthy, he probably has the leg up to make this team out of spring training and be the platoon with Josh Rojas. A couple other guys like Michael Chavis or Nick Solak or what what have you, the other infielders that the Mariners have signed, I think, would make a lot of sense as well. Because Josh Rojas shouldn't have the job outright. Um, He had a nice double in today's game, which was nice to see. But overall, I think that what the Mariners have done this off season is, they, is they've given, them, like I said, a safety net, but more so around the entire team than just the bullpen, like it has been in recent years. They have made it so if somebody gets hurt, there are guys to supplement it. I think Brian Anderson is that guy. So if, like Divish says, Urias starts the year on the injured list, Brian Anderson is more than likely, in my opinion the guy out there at third base taking at bats versus left-handed pitching. I did mention in the video that he does have reverse splits, unfortunately, which is bad vibes. But yeah, I think Anderson definitely has the leg up over even a guy like Michael Chavis, who's looked pretty solid, I'd say, in spring training so far, you know, home run in the 10 to 10 tie, I think, with the Giants. So I, for me, if I had to pick two guys that are now like in the race, you know, they're in the pole position or however you, I'm. I i do not know car. I don't know NASCAR terminology. Don't. I'm what are just you saying. I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing terms out there. You know what I mean? Clearly, yeah. Clearly, him and Anderson, Chavis and Anderson are in a two horse race. I'm just gonna keep throwing out different references because it's gonna be a thing where like if one is just not hitting, like Anderson comes to camp and he's just not doing anything, why would they just give him the job? Why would they give him two million dollars? Of course, we haven't seen him. It's like we don't know what he's going to give us when he gets here. But like javis has looked okay, like, two-run home run, he's done, I think he's been doing better than Nick Solak, is kind of like where I'm getting at, where I kind of have, like, the tiers of players, like, I don't think Solak's necessarily in the in the fight for it, maybe you then put Dylan Moore there, and, like, you bring Samad Taylor into the conversation as, like, a utility guy instead, but, I don't know, Chavis has better splits versus lefties in his career, it's not great because you know neither him nor brian anderson are necessarily above average offensive players there so if the Mariners are going to do it from within like the organization not go out and sign somebody or make a trade whatever those are the two guys that you just need to keep tabs on and kind of pay attention how they're looking in the spring i'm curious when we'll see anderson kind of make his cactus league debut like where where's bro at we signed him what last friday it's almost coming up on a week. Get to camp, dog. We need to see you. Luis Arias isn't gonna play. We need to see how you're looking. What? I just didn't know that was the end of the sentence. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with that. Um I I I don't know. Again, Anderson had a really good start to 2023. He looked really good in the first couple of months. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? To another third baseman that people mm-hmm. want the Mariners to sign. Yes. Like Matt Chapman, Joe. Yes. If if Chapman's cost has come down, if he is willing to take a deal that is one to two years with an opt out, and hopefully less, I still think it should be less than twenty million dollars. Uh huh. I think if you're the Mariners, you do that at this point because mm-hmm. it's you I know a guaranteed contract of like whatever money, but it's only one year and if Brian Anderson makes Cam, like sure it's only 2 million dollars but it's still money that you're going to have to pay him. You're saying you don't love it. It's you're really hoping that he's not boomer bust. He's not super cold after just one month. And also like his defense is sure like that's what he's known for but it's also kind of declining as he's gotten older. Would Perry Hill be able to fix him? I don't you know, I don't know. His like Chapman's defense is probably still better than Urias and Rojas. Oh, 100%. So. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, his it's not what it used to be, but it's probably still better. And whether or not his bat is sustainable, you do have then the like the insurance option of like if he's slumping, then okay, Rojas is just seeing more option at that point. And it's also like Rojas is the strong side platoon; like he's a lefty, he's going to be able to help you against strong righties. If say Chapman's struggling, he's career like 087 batting average against random right-handed starting pitcher whatever you know i don't know the exact stats but there's going to be situations where it makes sense to play rojas over chapman even if you're paying matt chapman 18 million dollars just because one scott likes to play matchups we know that very very well and they've i think they've liked what they've seen out of rojas as well as like you know you mentioned the double i think when he came over he was playing second base so i think it's a little bit different I think he grades out better defensively at second base than third, so that's something that I'm kind of like a little bit hesitant on of whether or not he will be an average defender at third because he was okay at second. I'm worried that it might kind of bite him back, like pull him back a little bit. But I think his offensive profile fits better at second as well Mm -hmm. because when you think third baseman, when you think corner infielders, you think a lot of bombs, a lot of doubles. And Rojas, don't get me wrong, Rojas can hit plenty of doubles and he can run into one once in a while but I don't think Rojas will ever be more than like a 12 to 15 home run guy at, at his peak mm-hmm. in terms of how many homers he can hit in a season. Like that is like up there. You know, if he's playing T-Mobile park using the, using the jet stream out there, then sure. Every single but, time. Yeah. I think that overall Matt Chapman, just in terms of profile fits better at third base. And at this point, who cares? Like if you're the Mariners and you, you, you got, you got to be aggressive right now. Like if, Because because once Chapman's gone off the board, once somebody else offers him that contract, then what are you gonna do? If you know Urias is out, Rojas isn't playing well, are you turning to Dylan Moore, Michael Chavis, Nick Solak, Brian Anderson? Like those are not like options that I want to look at as everyday guys there. If you know the two main guys are either hurt or underperforming. We know what Chapman can do. We know that it's not going to be great. And we know that you probably are going to pay too much for the production that you're going to get. But you, if you are, if you're batting Matt Chapman, you know, six through nine in your lineup somewhere in there. Nice. That's a, I mean, nice. That's a good way to lengthen your lineup. Again, a lot of strikeouts for Matt Chapman that there's no denying that, but he also hits the ball harder than anybody else in baseball. No denying that as well. So, even though that's never necessarily come out to a lot of, st- like, important statistics for him over the past couple of years, and he was playing in the Rogers Center, it's easier to hit the Rogers Center than it is in Team mobile Park. But, I don't know. I just don't know where you turn from here if Luis Urias is out for a while. And now, I want to throw a monkey wrench into our plans, Joe. As you do so well. As I do so well. Did you see <gasps> the MLB? once Uh to take it down to 12 pitchers max on a roster. Yeah, I I did. I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear right now, because when we were talking about the pitchers earlier, circle back like 10 minutes ago, I was going to bring it up. but then you started talking about like the next position that we need to look at for injury replacement. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll, we'll get back to it, but you did it too. You also wanted to go back. So we have the same brain cell. It's not great for teams like the Mariners that like to operate with a heavy bullpen, heavy bullpen usage, and just, you know, the ability to kind of like rotate guys in. It seems like, I don't know what like the fascination with like putting more emphasis on starting pitchers, like sure, pitchers aren't throwing 300 innings anymore. Not everyone's going to be Bob Gibson out there. Like it's just not the way the game is played. And it's also not sustainable because pitchers now are throwing like 100 every single pitch like the tension like on your elbow now is tension the right word sounds right sure i don't know i don't know something you put in tires it's it's not i don't know it's just a much different game now whereas like before guys were throwing complete game shutouts or just complete games every single outing they're throwing 300 350 innings like that's not how the game works and so like if you're lowering it down to 12 obviously then you have to kind of consider like who is important or what is important for your pitching staff six man rotation six man bullpen i think is would become i don't want to say like baseball has like metas cuz that's a weird way to say it but like that's what's going to happen i would say is because you would need or maybe like it would you would just have more long men like it wouldn't be like these like flamethrower one innings like that's their maximum like you will go to a more stamina based bullpen because you have one less arm to throw out there like it just seems like rob manford doesn't know what he's doing again like it's very weird yeah i didn't think about it like that i didn't think like going six and six that's interesting i think that it puts more emphasis on someone like Emerson Hancock, then like going out there and being able to be a long man out in that bullpen, Jackson Coar, even Trent Thornton getting stretched out. Mm -hmm. Obviously it wouldn't happen this year. It would be next year at the earliest. It's too late to do it this year, in my opinion. But I think that baseball doesn't care about injuries to pitchers. They don't, The, the pitch clock already has, you know, the data, there is data to suggest that the, because of the pitch clock, more players got injured in 2023. When you look at the data, there were more Tommy Johns than there had been in the past with the pitch clock. And I think that you go out there and now you need to put an emphasis on starting pitching. You're just going to wear these guys out even more. And there's got to be a fine line. between. I think right now where the roster is at is fine. 13 pitchers, 13 position players. Why, why do you need to go down to 12? And then you just have an extra guy on the bench who's just never going to play. Yeah, that is another like, weird thing. Is like, if it's a twenty six man roster, why do you need fourteen batters? Like, what's yeah. the what's the point of the extra guy sitting on the bench for? Like, sure, it gives you more flexibility. Like, maybe then everyone who's like you know super fascinated with running platoons, like the the data behind backing up platoons, like sure, then you have another option of like, okay, if you sign this person, then this person doesn't get pushed off your roster. But like, is that really more important than having more utility in your bullpen? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right right now the the bench for the Mariners the three spots on the bench right four spots on the bench four spots but like four. Oh, three. three. It's, it's a weird thing because like you have Garver who's like technically right. like your third catcher but then like Savala's there like yeah so it'd be Savala right now one of Rojas or Urias let's just say they're healthy one of them would be on the bench and then probably dominant Canzone that's probably your three bench guys right. Well, you've got Dylan. You have four bench guys. It's Dylan then, as well. And then, yeah, Dylan Moore. Yeah. So then you add on another one to that because you're carrying 14 bench guys. You have nine starters in the field. Dominic Canzone can, could guaranteed have a roster spot if they did decrease to 12 for, for pitching. Is that something that like we're like, oh, we need to guarantee that? Or is it like – it just doesn't, it doesn't matter. For me, I'm still – going to value the pitchers over the batters. And maybe that's just because that's how the Mariners have operated, like with an emphasis on pitching. Do other, like I can't think of a specific example right now where other teams have done, because it's not like a a set requirement. You have to have 13 pitchers on your roster right now. Right. You you could do, you could do 12 and 14 and I'm sure there are teams out there that have done it. I just, you know, maybe the angels did it when they had Otani, maybe the Dodgers are doing it right now. And like, or they will be doing it. So it's like, what do, what is the added benefit of having an extra bench bat? Unless their name's Matt Stairs, then of course they're the best pinch hitter of all time. But like, what are the chances you're just going to run into Matt Stairs every single time you sign another bench guy? I think it's just very short-sighted by MLB. Like, we want to put more emphasis on the starting pitching. I don't think that's what it would do. Like you said, I think it'll just cause more long guys out in the bullpen, guys to go more than one inning out in the bullpen. That's the only difference it's going to make. Like you're going to have to now have a guy like Emerson Hancock or Jackson Coart in your bullpen. And I think in terms of, in terms of teams that it would affect, I think the Mariners might be the most affected by it because they rely, they are one of the best teams when it, in terms of just their entire pitching unit. And I think that if you were to take away one of those spots, we already don't know how the bullpen is going to shake out. You take away one of those spots, it's like, okay. So it, it, let's just, for, for the sake of it, talk about what the bullpen would be if they had done that. Mm-hmm. You're probably losing a reliever. So you have our starting five, of course. That leaves you seven spots in the bullpen for Munoz, Santos, probably Trent Thornton, Saucedo, Spire, and then who who am I missing here? You have Kowar that you probably want. Kowar, probably, yeah. And then Austin Boat, probably. Yeah. Or Emerson Hancock if you prefer him over because like those last two on your other hand the first five i'd say are like individual relievers like one inning yeah one and a third if you really want to push it the last two would probably be your longer swing man guys i know trent thornton's getting stretched out like you already mentioned but like you probably need two guys that can give you at least two to three innings every other day mm-hmm. in and at, at like a at like the worst case scenario which does not seem like reasonable as far as like how the game is played now. Obviously, the big topic for the Mariners right now is the injury to Matt Brash, and Joe made a video about that, breaking it down even further. If you want to check that out, it's on the screen now. Thank you guys so much for watching episode sixty-five of the Hit It Here podcast, presented by Bet Online, the Brandon Bantz episode of the Hit It Here podcast, and go Mariners! Justice for James Baxton.